0: It's been nearly seven years since we last connected with Bernie Schiavelli, but it goes without saying that he's been a busy musician. His long-standing relationship with Michael McDonald has kept him moving on the road and in the studio. He also played an integral role with Amy Holland's latest album, Light On My Path, and he has released three additional solo projects since our chat with him back in 2010. It's only been a year since he released his last album, One Bright Moment, but on April 18th. Bernie is set to release perhaps his most introspective and personal album to date, Make Some Sense of This, an album project that he wrote, performed, engineered, and produced from start to finish. Here to talk to us more about this new album project is our good friend Bernie Shirabelli. Hey, Bernie, welcome back to Inside Music Cast.
1: Man, great to be back. Thanks, you guys. Good to, good to hear your voices.
2: Yeah. Hey, Bernie, it's been, you know, we were looking at the at the archives, and it's been seven years since uh, our last chat uh, with us here at Inside Music Cast, wow. and uh, can you believe it? I mean... Has it really been that long? It has. The last time we talked about it was uh, when we were talking about uh, the album The World Around Me. Oh, my gosh. That's that's how long it's been, so it's really good it's to have you. It's
1: unbelievable. Isn't it? You know, when you're on Facebook these days, they've got those little things. Seven years ago today... I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's when you start to go, my God, time is going way too
2: fast. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, you've been really busy these past few years. You know, how's the road treating you? And of course, you know, all of our listeners know that you've been traveling and working with Michael still on, uh, for over the years, but how's the road treating you and uh, how's, uh, how's the beginning of this year going?
1: It's gone really well. Um, you know, Michael's getting ready to uh, release a record himself. Right. First record in probably, I mean, I don't, I don't even know when the last record came out. I mean, I know he's done like a Christmas Mm-hmm. thing and right. a couple other things but this is his first like original Michael McDonald record probably at least 10 years oh maybe more but yeah,
0: uh, it's been a while
1: it's uh so, so we've been we've been gearing up for that and um it's an amazing record wait till you guys hear this thing it's it's really really classic Michael McDonald um
0: nice
1: Shannon Forrest produced it and it's very cool it's just it, it's the best thing I've heard from him in a long 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 time maybe ever and. uh uh, so we're, we're, we're gearing up for that, and uh, you know Mike's got a pretty much a new band since I talked to you guys last time. Hmm. We now have Dan Needham on drums, and oh cool. Uh, Jacob Lowry is playing bass. Um, mm-hmm. Still Pat Coyle on keyboards. Yep. Oh. Uh, Mark Dalphit is now on saxophone. Very and good. Um, Andrea's still with us. Andrea Rene. Uh-huh. Um, it's really I've been in the band a long, long time, and I. I have to say, this is my favorite version of the band ever. Nothing against anybody else. Yeah. But it's really, it's, it's really a magic combo. It really, uh, it's, it's just inspiring every night. So it makes the road tolerable. Because, you know, the road, anybody, you guys, if you travel, you know what it's like. And it's, uh, it can wear on you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but when you're with these people and this, this music, it makes it all worthwhile. Yep. It really does. I'm grateful.
0: I've known about Michael's album, and I, you know, we haven't had him on the show in a while. Maybe we should, you know, oh, yeah. reach out to Michael at some point and maybe get him back and I talk agree. when you his know. album's ready, too. So, Oh,
1: I, I I, know he'd love to. I know he'd love to. I'll mention it to him for sure.
0: That'd be great. Well, you know, we've always enjoyed the quality of your songs, you know, whether they're collaborations or your own personal work that, you know, you perform. Are there um, any recent collaborations that you can tell us about, you know, or songs that you've written for other musicians, you know, new artists, or, or do you stay pretty close to, to Michael and, and your own music?
1: Well, I, you know, I write a lot with, with Mike, but I also write a lot with his wife, Amy. That's um, true. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I was real proud of um, a couple songs on her most recent record, mm-hmm. Light on My Path. Right. Um, I, I co-wrote that with her mm-hmm. and, um, and John Goodwin. mm mm-hmm. um, and then we wrote another song, Impossible Love, which I'm real proud of as well. Um, I write a little bit with John Fesner, who also was written with me and Amy. Um, my, my biggest pride and joy lately was when uh, Judy Collins covered the song of uh, Miracle River that uh, oh. Amy and I and John wrote. And it was on her album last year, uh, Strangers Again, I think the album was called. Uh-huh. And it was a it was an album of duets, and she duetted with like Willie Nelson, um, uh, Ari Hest. You guys hit to Ari Hest?
0: Yeah, I know of Ari. I'm not too familiar, but I know of Ari. Yeah,
1: he's really good. He's out of New York, and mm-hmm. he's been working a lot with Judy and um, uh, Jeff Bridges was on there. Well, Michael was on there, and he, her, and Mike did our uh, cover of Miracle River, which okay, that was. Kind of a pinnacle for me. It really was. It was like Judy Collins, somebody I, was, I grew up on, and to me is a, a living legend. And yeah. Hearing her sing something you wrote was really emotionally uh, very, very much a landmark for me. So, oh, yeah. You know, I, I was very proud of that moment. And yes. I got to meet her and everything. It was very cool, very cool.
0: Well, let's talk about your new album. And it it drops tomorrow, April 18th, and it's entitled uh, Make Some Sense of This. And, you know, you you clearly have a lot of things on your mind, and you decided to depend them to music. And, uh, you know, when, how, and why was this album birthed? And tell us about the creation and and how you, you know, the inspiration for creating this album.
1: You know, I I never know when a record becomes a record. I, I just know that when I start writing and things start that come out of me that feel inspired. Yeah. I start to document. Mm-hmm. And the first song that came out was actually the first song on the record. And obviously, you know, anybody that knows me and listens to this will... I typically write a lot about love and relationships and right. family and stuff like that. And yeah. I think anybody that knows me and my music will 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 be able to tell kind of what this record's about. And I <laughs> tried to not make it political. I really did. Yeah. I, I didn't want to say anything bad about anybody, but let's face it, it's been a troubling time in our country. And, yeah. Um, the first song on the record is Peace of Mind, and that's really what I was looking for, because Facebook, you know, is great, and I love being on there, and it's great to be in touch with my friends and my family yeah. and fans and, you know, and, right. and and meeting people. But there's the other side of it, which is, you know, there's a lot of hatred out there, sure is. especially with the election. And you know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll use the name Donald Trump because that's really—he's <laughs> a president—and he was, you know, between him and Hillary, it was man, it was it was tough out there. Nasty. A lot of hatred on both sides. Yeah. And that song "Peace of Mind" was sort of me kind of coming to terms with just the whole vibe I was getting on social network. Sure. And trying to control myself and. I don't know. I get a lot of uh, my personality traits from my mom, who's always trying to fix things mm-hmm. and make peace. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what I try to do on Facebook, but yeah. it usually backfires. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's <laughs> you know, that's, you know, that's yeah.
1: Especially with, with uh, especially with politics. So I, I, this song was sort of like a me coming to terms, get peace of mind. And um, yeah, that song started it, I guess. You know, and I found that everything I wrote after that still was kind of affected by the situation of the world. So right. it became sort of a con- concept album. And um, yeah. I, you know, I think there's a lot of different angles of, of the situation on the record. Um, and, and I tried, you know, I tried in all my lyrics not to make things too obvious, but maybe this one I got more obvious than I usually do, mm-hmm. I guess. But it was inspired, and I try not to offend anybody. And I hopefully inspired people. That's what my hope was.
0: Yeah, and, you know, and I just in in really going over your lyrics and listening to the record, um, you know, you, you you wrote them in such a way though that obviously you didn't, you know, you didn't really call any one particular person out. You can you can tell like, you know, during this particular time period, you can surmise what's going on and what you're thinking and who it's about. But you know, I was thinking also that you know a lot of the songs, a lot of the messages, could have been used for different moments and different periods throughout our history with certain you know, politicians or people. I mean, it's, 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 it's just vague enough to where it could, it kind of, you know, uh, it could spread itself across, you know, any, you know, if you listen to this 30 years ago, you could probably, you know, pegged another political figure or someone in, you know, and socially or politically that you could have, you know, um, Mm -hmm. pinpointed.
1: Well, I, I take that as a high compliment. Yeah, it
0: is. It definitely is.
1: That's, that's that's what, that's, that's what I shoot for because, Mm -hmm. um, Uh, To me, it's like, I've always been attracted to songs where you have to read into it and kind of interpret it for yourself or, Mm -hmm. like you said, be specific about it. But yeah, thank you very much. I I appreciate that.
0: And and Eddie and I did that, you know, and and we'll talk about those songs here in a bit. But, you know, obviously, you know, many of the songs that you mentioned, you know, speak of your vision of what's going on in the world and... You know, from knowing you the way we do, we're, we we know that the messages within the lyrics, you know, paint a picture of the political landscape, the current political landscape. And uh, and with that said, would you would you consider this maybe the most introspective album you've created? Maybe.
1: I think so. I, yeah. I mean, I've been thinking about that, and yes, I do. I think it's probably the most personal focused album I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually, I you know, like I said, I, I write and I write and I document, and then. When I've got maybe twenty songs I go, Okay, maybe I can shape this into an album. Right. But this is probably the first album that I've really really wrote a group of songs inspired by one really uh sort of theme. I guess you could yeah. call it kind of a concept album, I
2: sure. guess.
1: Yeah, and, absolutely. Yes. I do I do think it's the most introspective of mm-hmm. mine anyway.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Hey, Bernie, as you know, uh, Scott Gross, one of our Inside uh, Musicast correspondents, last week he wrote uh, a very nice uh, review of of the album, and he asked this question for you. He asks, you know, how was the writing process for this album different from the others? Did this material come faster because uh, of what was happening around us and current events, or did it take longer because you might have spent more time on this album? And I think this sort of uh, piggybacks on what j- Rick just said being maybe one of the most introspective albums. Comments on that?
1: Yeah, I think it actually... Um, thank you, Scott, if you're listening, because of, um, um, it's a wonderful review, very heartfelt. But yeah, I think this in this particular album, the, the songs did come quicker um, than they normally do, uh, with the exception of maybe one song on there. Uh, I, I struggled a lot with um, uh, Now or Never, which is uh, track nine, I think. Um, that one was a struggle for me. I, that one took me... That one I actually started before, probably before this project started, and uh-huh. then once I was in the groove of this record, then I went back and finished the, the lyrics. But I had a hard time with that one. But uh-huh. the rest of the songs all really came a lot easier for me than lyrics usually do. I, every time I write a song, I, I almost always write the lyrics first. I mean, I'm sorry, I always always write the music first. Okay, and 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 usually. I'm inspired enough to, to write chords, whether on guitar or piano, and and I'll hear melodies. Those are easy for me to find, but, you know, I've talked to other writers about this. Lyrics are, are the hardest part for me, absolutely. But on this record, they came easier than, than they've ever come, and that's a good feeling because the lyrics can be, quite honestly, hell. Um, mm mm-hmm get in there to try to get say what you want to say, but mm-hmm. they really flew out pretty fast on this one, I gotta say, and boy, I'm grateful back for that because it just it's a very gratifying feeling to to myself. I mean when I feel that I'm satisfied with a lyric, it's a good feeling. You yeah. feel like you're doing something yeah. right. Exactly. Even for yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like um, hopefully other people will get it too, you know?
0: Yeah, sure. And then the other thing too is in just talking about the, the whole this whole timeline is that wasn't it just about a year ago you released your last solo record is that right it it wasn't that long
1: ago yeah absolutely yeah yeah, this is the quickest turnaround for a second album Mm, yeah right after one after another and uh, that's right it just happened that way and we were on the road too it was like Mm -hmm. I don't usually write much on the road but I found myself coming up with ideas while we were traveling and as soon as I got home I started tracking and then Mike we didn't do a Christmas tour this last year so I had really a good solid three months to really focus on this record
3: Interesting.
1: and uh, I mean I think even sound wise I did a better job uh, than I normally do um, mm-hmm. yeah it was very focused very focused
0: well we, before we dive into discussing some of the songs I noticed uh, in your liner notes you know they're, they're pretty lean because you performed everything on this record right mm-hmm. I mean uh, did you did you did you have any outside assistance with music lyrics or engineering or producing
1: no, I did this one all all alone oh wow i mean That's i great. I sort of had the intention of bringing in people here and there, but no, I just I got into this mode where I heard everything and I just yeah. did it myself um, um I, I like to work that way, I love working yeah. with other people, but um this like I said again, this album was kind of so focused that yeah. I kind of wanted to get it done and do it now, right um and I enjoy the process I really do i Always love the process of recording and stacking parts and and uh, trying different things, and especially these days with with a digital environment you can you can really do a lot with arrangements and, and ideas
2: Mm-hmm. yeah hey Bernie uh you know me and Rick were talking about um you know just the advent of the content of your um, of the music and how it's quasi political and that type of thing and we started talking about you know it just reminded us of the 60s and 70s you know when you know all of the, the political um, songs were coming out mm-hmm. Dylan and Bob Marley get up stand up and yeah. you know Crosby Stills and Nash with Ohio remember yep. that that's the Kent State song And uh, Barry McGuire, Eve of Destruction, Dylan, uh, uh, Masters of War, even John Lennon with Give Peace a Chance. You know, your messages aren't that edgy, but they're very subtle. But there's a real clear message of personal honesty, and we've talked about that already, and optimism. But uh, in in looking back at history of, let's just say, political rock and some messages like that, how does your music uh, align? How does this album align with— how does it relate to the 60s and 70s music because there's a there's a lot to talk about now in the music, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm a child of the 60s, so that's always ingrained in me. And like with the people you mentioned, Crosby, Stills and Nash, I mean Buffalo Springfield for what it's worth is still so relevant today, you know. What's going on by Marvin Gaye, those songs are timeless. So I don't know. Uh I I guess my mindset is still from that era. I mean, I can't say I was ever a hippie or anything, but I was definitely in that era, and I was inspired. I mean, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I used to go to the Fillmore, and, and so yeah, you know, I definitely was tapped into that vibe. Mm, so yeah. that, that's part of me. So I guess it plays into the way I view the world today. I mean, like you said, it's really in some ways not that much different. In some ways, right? I mean, there was, there was a lot there was a lot of turmoil in the '60s. I mean, yeah. we lost two Kennedys. We lost Martin Luther King. I mean, yeah. That was a horrible time. Yeah. Um, these days, it's different. I don't know if it's as dramatically horrible or, or tragic like it was, but it's, it's upsetting
3: mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm.
1: Injustice, you know, a lot of injustice, and I, and I sense a lot of division in the country. I think sometimes yeah. even more so than the 60s, because, of, because there's so much immediacy in, in our media, yeah. in, our social, right. in our social relation, you know, it's... Everything's instant. Yeah. Everybody just jumps on everything, and
3: we are quick to judge. In some to ways, judge. I think
1: that's what makes us more volatile these days,
3: mm-hmm.
1: as compared to the '60s. The '60s, it took a while for you to receive information, you know.
0: Well, you know, I realize obviously you've mentioned that the the album was is very introspective. You did it all yourself, but I'm just curious based on you know the messages in your music, and did you did you happen to like turn to one? to you know for feedback or guidance you know in terms of how you delivered the message you know or how you wrote the lyrics or did you just or did you just keep that all to yourself
1: no i i shared it with some people i trust uh-huh. um i mean i shared it with michael i shared it with uh i have a good friend well a couple few people in the band i shared it with uh-huh. and on quite honestly my biggest fan is my little brother brad okay um he has always been an advocate for me he just always dying to hear whatever I do. And if he doesn't like something, he'll tell me. You know, even if I'm, like, totally over the moon about something, he'll go, well, you may want to work on it a little more, (laughs) or uh, what were you thinking when you did this? But he really loved this record. I mean, he really got back to me and just said, man, you really hit it on this one for for him. Mm -hmm. And um, that meant a lot to me. I felt like, okay, my, my feelings that maybe this one was a little more special than some of my other records was right because if he liked it, that to me that you know just made it, yeah, confirmed. And yeah. Um, and like I said, some of my friends like Lannis Morrison, who plays with uh, Michael, used to play with Michael. Mm-hmm. He's a big. He, he, I always trust his opinion. So yes, I did turn to my mostly musicians and my wife, of course, who
3: yeah.
1: I, and my and my my daughter and my son. They both are you know they'll tell me if they don't like something too. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. they all like it so. That's good. Uh, you know, I passed the test. I guess.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's it's interesting because it makes it, it really your title makes sense because it's it's entitled Make some sense of this and uh, everything that you're telling us is basically that whole thing trying to put all this together. What kind of perspectives do you get or whatever? But but uh, on on this specific track, you project the feeling that uh, I think we also. You know, all of us uh, sometimes have in life, whether in politics, relationships, whatever. And that's confusion and sort of uh, bewilderment, if you would. But i want to read just a little bit of the, the lyrics here because I know that a lot of our listeners don't, haven't gotten the record yet. It's, it, there's a section that says this. It says, I don't know where to begin to find the right words to tell. I've got a feeling within, and I know it's going to take some time to understand, to make some sense of this. And you posed the question then, where do we go now at the end of the song? So tell us about the lyric on this one here. Make some sense of this.
1: Well, I mean, you, you pretty much summed it up right there. I mean, I I was in, I, I had a track, like I said, I, one day that song started with a, I got a brand new drum uh, loop program <laughs> called Addictive Drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I was testing it out, that was, that loop that, that exists in that song, Behind the Drums, uh-huh. Was what made me write the track. So I sat down at the piano and those chords just came right out. I mean, I kind of went, oh, this is kind of cool. What a mm. fun program. Next thing I knew, I, thought, I said, oh, I guess I got a song here. Mm-hmm. And that day, I don't know what had happened on the news. I, I, I confess I watch way too much CNN. <laughs> but, you know, something, something that day got to me. Yeah. And, you know, and that line makes some sense of this was not preconceived. I mean, it just came out. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, was, I, I wrote it pretty much the way you read it. I mean, yeah. I, I started with verse 1, and when it came to that, you know, make some sense of this, it just came out. And it took me a while to realize, oh, wait a minute, that's the title of the, of the song. Okay. Yeah. And so then I started building the chorus around that payoff sort of hook line. And when I started putting the album together, all of a sudden I went, well, there's the title. Because that's really what I'm doing on the, in these songs. I think I'm I am trying to make sense of, of, of all this in every song. I mean, I think that's what I'm what I'm doing. I'm trying to mm-hmm. resolve the feelings that I'm going through. Sure. Um, you know, they're all different angles, but I think they that title sort of summed up the record. And mm-hmm. I ran it by my wife one day, and she said, "Yep, yeah, that's the title."
2: Yeah, you know, it goes back to what I just said a little while ago. I think every that's where everyone can sort of relate to this. I think because I don't care what side of the fence you're on, this side, that side or whatever. Everyone's sort of trying to make sense of this whole thing. So I think I think yeah. you're going to get a, you know, a lot of great response and people that can really relate to it. So it's a great song.
1: Oh, thanks. Thanks. That's and that's that's my hope that both sides can get some peace and some enjoyment out of listening to some of these songs and you know, be introspective and not see it as politics, mm-hmm. but as I view it more as sort of a spiritual approach to the situation that
3: we're in, you know.
0: Well, hey, uh, Bernie and Eddie, if you guys don't mind, let's take our first break and uh, let's check out this track. This is the title track from the album, Make Some Sense of This, Bernie's eighth solo album that'll be available tomorrow, April 18th. And this is from our guest today, Bernie Ciaravelli on Inside Music Cast. You certainly, you know, talked about uh how you produced, you engineered, you performed, everything is you. But there's one thing that you didn't do, and that was shoot your cover photo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. you, no, uh, unless you that. did, it,
0: unless it was a selfie, and it doesn't look like a selfie. <laughs> it was not a selfie. I tell you. <laughs> that. <laughs> but that was no, uh,
1: no, no my, my my beautiful daughter. Yeah,
0: that was yeah. Rachel, right?
1: Yes, yes. My daughter Rachel. She's actually done about three covers for. Well, actually, four covers. She did. uh she did the last one, one bright moment on the lake in okay. County.
3: Yeah,
1: um, and she did the drawing for Hideaway Tales. She that was her drawing that she did when oh, she good. was very nice in, in elementary school. And
3: uh,
1: <laughs> and then for uh, uh, the world around me, she shot the photos for that. So she's got she's got a great eye. She's not a photographer by profession, but she's got the she's got the eye, and she knows how to she knows how to shoot pictures for sure. <laughs> well, so I, I trust her.
0: I guess if I get if I get introspective about this and I kind of break it down, you seem to be standing in a tunnel facing away from the light at the other end, and and I wondered if I was reading too much into this. <laughs> was there a message behind the cover photo?
1: Well, no, no, I, I, that's that's pretty close. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I, that's it's in my neighborhood. And uh-huh. These tunnels. And when I walk, I've always thought, man, that'd be kind of a cool place to take some pictures, mm-hmm. and um, um and I was kind of. Doing exactly that, kind of trying to be, send a little bit of a subliminal message yeah. there, um, and you can interpret it for however you want. All in all, I thought it looked cool.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So, I mean, that that was kind of the ultimate. Was just kind of an interesting background around me, and I, I like the way it came out.
0: Yeah, on makes some sense of this. The the first track, and you touched on it a little bit ago, is is peace of mind, uh, where the premise of the song is, you know. You, well, at least I found anyway, is that you've got your reason and I've got mine. And you also asked the question, you know, have we all lost our minds? And I have a feeling, yeah. I already know the answer to this question, but just, I mean, and you've kind of touched on this already, but uh, the motivation behind this track was obviously uh, political and, and, and current newsworthy, correct?
1: It was. And like I said, it was more of me just trying to find peace of mind without sounding cliche again, but that's really what it was. It was yeah. just trying to you know, I was just tired of the, the, the bantering on Facebook between, you know, and a lot of times it was between relatives, my relatives, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. people that I'm closest right. to and love, you know, for years and respect all of a sudden just, and I'm not saying they were the bad guys, but it was just, I saw sides of people that I've never seen before. Isn't
3: yeah, not that That's yeah. right.
1: You know, and, and, and that just, just confused me and, and, and concerned me. Yeah. And I guess peace of mind was just saying, yeah, what we we all lost our minds. I mean, I, I know yeah. I've got my, my side, you've got your side, but we don't have to attack each other here yeah. Right, and disagree. <laughs> I mean, I remember a time when, you know, you could have Democrats and Republicans and, you know, you could disagree and, and the world still went on. You yep. know? And it still does now, but it's just so much more divided. And yeah, Very yeah that's kind of, that was me coming to terms yep. with, with it on, on that song, for sure.
0: And then on, on track two, the track I Choose Love, and, um, you know, I, I guess this track doesn't fall all that much into the realm of politics, but I gathered it had more to do with misunderstandings and maybe even control issues in a relationship. I mean, is, is that fairly accurate?
1: Well, again, it is kind of political. I mm-hmm. mean, if you want to call it political, it's it's still kind of tying into the whole relating to other people in mm-hmm. these times where I choose not to attack you. You can attack me, but— I choose, like, oh, like uh, Michelle Obama used to say, we we choose the high road. Yeah, I mean, it was, that's kind of where I was going with that. It was sort of like I choose love. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's like I'm, I'm a child of the '60s, and I'm always going to try to make amends rather than start a war. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's really where that song was going. And it very much could be a song about relationships, but it, mm-hmm. it, again, it's more of a social comment than a love song. Yeah, for sure. Oh. Okay, I, I like that it. it could go both ways.
0: Yeah, I, I was, you know, the funny thing was, is knowing what I knew about the album and how it had sort of a political bend. I was looking for the political message within that one, but then I thought, well, maybe not. Maybe it's, you know, it was. I could see your point. I, I now, I see it. You know, now that you mentioned this, but I was thinking maybe it had more to do with just, you know, something outside of the box on that one. That was more of a relationship. Well, issue. yeah,
1: I mean, I think I'm trying to remember the lyrics right offhand, I'd be terrible at remembering. Myself remembering my own nerves like <laughs> think about the words that, yeah. that you said to me ever knowingly you know put me in my place right it's it, it sort of like i think that day i was attacked by somebody
3: oh yeah and it was
1: it, it was pretty much a direct message to them saying yeah no i'm i'm not i'm not going to stoop down to that i i choose love
0: yeah you know? okay absolutely
1: I guess I am a hippie. Okay,
0: okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> well, hey, Bernie, why don't we uh, take another break and, and let's play this track? And uh, let's let our listeners take a crack at finding their own message within the lyrics of this song. And this is from uh, Bernie's brand new album, Make Some Sense of This, which drops tomorrow, April 18th. And this is the track, Peace of Mind. <laughs>
2: I want to talk a little bit about uh, Ever-Changing World, which is a track, and, and uh, we understand the meaning pretty well, but I want to talk about the music because it's, uh, it's a grittier rock approach uh, with some just amazing guitar parts, and th- the vocals, by the way, that, uh, which are really difficult to record. You did such a nice, uh, nice job in the arrangements on, on, on that. Um, uh, but you. musically, this is one track where I sort of noticed that you added a soft synth patch. You know, behind your guitar solo, which is amazing, um, oh, that thank you. it was almost invisible, but it's very tasteful. Um, you know, you don't do this too much with the rest of the album, and adding the background, you know, the textural type of uh, ethereal patch. Um, yeah. But I, yeah. the reason I bring that up is because I want to ask you about the keys. Most people see you as, you know, your your guitarist. You got their chops, and you, you know, you're a pro. But on the keyboards, you do a really great job in in, in providing the, the piano, the roads, and and all that. Talk to us about, uh, you know, you, you, the, the breadth of instrumental, um, you know, parts
3: that you play.
1: Well, um, I've always been a big fan of the piano. I mean, I started on piano when I was a kid.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I took piano lessons, and I hated it. <laughs>
3: um,
1: and I remember my, my piano teacher told my mom, this kid, he refuses to read music. He wants to remember everything. So... You know, I I wanted to play. i always play piano by ear, and I'm not very good. I mean, I I can I can accompany myself on a song yeah. um, that I write, but I'm one of those piano players that you know plays basically octaves in the bass and chords on the right hand. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a I'm not a proficient piano player at all. But that being said, I, I'm okay at coming up with parts and mm-hmm. coming up with sounds and and uh, textures. As a matter of fact, I I really love doing that. Um, this song I, this song is actually one of the songs where the track was actually written before this project started. I wrote it quite a while back and been hmm. sitting around um, waiting to be finished, and uh, I'll, I'll say proudly, and I won't hide it all, but it was very inspired by Michael. When I when I joined Michael's band, uh-huh. you know, we'd, st- we'd started writing together, so he was an influence on this tune. I mean, he had nothing to do with the writing, but he inspired me. Um, it, it, the chords kind of remind me of um, like No Looking Back era. Yeah, so it's very inspired by Michael and Toto. I was very inspired by their last record. Mm-hmm. So some of the textures I I didn't steal, but I was certainly inspired by their their last record, 14. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: mm-hmm. I wanted to try some of those textures on that song, and and the way I layer the vocals to kind of kind of blend in with the keyboards. Yeah, I was definitely going for that sort of should I say it 80s kind of sound Mm um I mean I I love that era I know a lot of people speak not very highly of the 80s but I I love the music that came out of the 80s you know but there was some great stuff oh um,
0: we do too
2: oh I guess I admit (laughs) to I'm sorry
1: you know there was there was some great stuff I mean they got a little too crazy with the drum machines and the reverb on the snare but um Mm -hmm. I thought some of the keyboard textures and some of the great records released in that era but um yeah, I mean, that that's, that's, that's kind of where I was going with that song. Something a little different for
2: me. It's funny you mentioned the 80s. Wasn't it last week, Rick, that you posted something to... Um, I think to our Inside Music has correspondents to feed in a certain a uh, a year of 1980 something or whatever 1982 to yeah. submit your, your favorite <laughs> <laughs> favorite songs right yeah right and you all of a sudden we started thinking about them and like, the deeper we got into them like you were getting submissions from uh, the correspondents that were like holy cow that was a good song and yeah, that, that was a good song that's that's
0: one of my favorite years like that whole period between like 77 and 83 is my favorite year in yeah. music so there's <laughs> some, so many great songs that came out at the time and and I don't know fit <laughs> yeah. anyway
1: absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah. I mean, like to me, some of Toto's best work was in that era oh, you know? yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah,
1: Total, they're in Toda, but they're like my favorite
0: American <laughs> band, <so. laughs> Yeah, well, I'm proud you know, musically speaking, though, there, another track, uh, "Castle to the Sky," is—I don't know—that that may be my favorite on the album, and uh, it has such a cool oh, groove. And, you know, it has it's really cool groove and some—you know—obviously some really fantastic guitar work, and uh, and I and I really dig the l- little short but sweet instrumental breaks you have in that, and you know, not to mention the, 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 that sort of dramatic synth intro, but. Yeah. You know, again, lyrically, I, we all know what this one's about. I mean, if you've studied the lyrics on this one, this one probably is your most direct jab at, at, <laughs> at our current president, I, I'm assuming. Correct?
1: Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> just, <a wild laughs> just a wild guess. Just a wild guess. But you know what? It, it's kind of a combination of him yeah. and tello Evangelist. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because I saw I, I saw one thing one night where yeah. this guy was raising money to build some giant cathedral, glass cathedral, and I'm going— Really, and 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 you know between that, it's, so yeah, it's definitely, mm. definitely directed at at, uh, at that at this evangelist and Donald Trump. You got that one right, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, music... that's the most that's the most obvious on the record. Yeah, <laughs> I, I felt almost a little hesitant putting that one on there because it is so obvious, but I've gotten more people as yourself saying that's one
0: of their favorites on the record so yeah, it's got re- I, I
1: like this song and, and I'm glad that I put it on I guess
0: well it has such a great groove to it and, and Eddie and I both completely dig it and in fact let's uh, let's take one more break and let's share this track with our listeners this is Castle to the Sky from our guest today Bernie Schiavelli from his brand new album Make Some Sense of This on Inside Music Cast mm-hmm.
4: Got them right where you See how true
0: Physically speaking, tell us how you approach this album from, say, an instrumental perspective compared to, you know, say, albums in the past. You know, for example, you know, do you tend to gravitate towards, you know, choosing specific guitars, you know, pedals and amps that you're traditionally comfortable with? Or is it important for you to spend time exploring for new sounds from album to album or even on track to track? And you kind of touched on that when we talked about Castle to the Sky. Or I'm sorry, Ever-Changing World, Yeah
1: yeah yeah it's kind of a a, a combination of both I mean there's certain tools that i that I go to mm-hmm. that I know I can get a great sound of out of I mean that being said, it doesn't always work but yeah you know I've got a few bases like when I play bass, which is one of my favorite things to do in the studio I've got a Hoffner that I always reach for mm-hmm. as a matter of fact that one makes some sense of this that's a Hoffner bass mm-hmm. I know that thing's going to always do me right, so I'll reach yeah. for that. That's one one thing I can always rely on, but it doesn't always. So I've got a Fender Jazz for, for other songs when I want to get more of a Fender jazz bass sound. Um, guitar-wise, I've got a couple amps here that I use. I've got a Fender Deluxe reissue that's really got a sweet sound to it, and I've got a Marshall Cab mm-hmm. with a Fuchs, Fuchs audio head that I use for guitar. Mm-hmm. But you know, as of late, I've been using this plug-in <laughs> By U- UAD Universal Audio, uh-huh. it's, it's a it's a modeled amp of a of a Marshall Plexi fifty watt, mm-hmm. and a lot of the solos on the record were done with this thing.
3: Really, and wow. it
1: sounds amazing. It really sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it's got every nu- nu- nuance of an of an amp. But so basically, <laughs> you just plug into the into a. I've got a Apollo Twin made by Universal Audio. You just plug right into the front of it. Bring up the plug-in, and in real time, the amp comes up, and you play through it, and yeah. it's just astounding how good it sounds. I mean, yeah. it sounds more like the amps than I've got here in the room. Jeez, <laughs> I
2: mean, that's amazing. So yeah,
1: that, that, I, I love plugins. I love good plugins that where you can enhance the enhance just the, the, the tones more than anything else. Yeah,
3: well,
0: um, you, you mentioned the, uh, the that your Hofner bass is the one that you is kind of a go to and. You know, knowing you know, knowing that you're a Beatles fan, a pretty heavy Beatles fan, is is that a Paul McCartney sort of inspired approach to your 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 bass sound?
1: <laughs> I won't lie about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Paul Paul was a was a guitar player first and foremost. Yeah, and he got stuck on bass, but he turned it into this.
0: He made it musical,
1: innovative. Yeah, yeah, new a whole new musical force. Yeah, a new way of approaching bass mm-hmm. and. But it was because of his style, was because he was a guitar player. I mean, I don't even want to compare myself to Paul McCartney, but a similarity would be that I'm also a guitar player, and it it, it makes you approach bass differently. I I think it makes you more melodic on the bass, and that's that's Paul's specialty. He just comes up with these parts that are, I mean, you could pull the bass out and just sing to that. Yeah. Um, yep. And that's that's yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I shoot for. I shoot for the way Paul plays bass. I yeah. mean, I mean a, a song like Castle of the Sky, for instance, it's not Paul at all. That's more of a... No, yeah. Um, I mean, that's more... I, I try to... I think I drew kind of from Steely Dan on that one. I was kind of going for that kind of a vibe.
3: Mm-hmm. So I don't
1: know who I was trying to play like on that one, but it's more of an R&D feel um, on that song. Right. And even on, uh, even on uh, the other one you mentioned, uh, Ever-Changing World, Definitely going for more in R&B. And uh, Interestingly enough, those two songs, I didn't use the Hoffman. Those were Fender jazz bands. Okay. So, you know, different instruments make you play different. Sure. You oh, know? absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, when I want to get more melodic, I'll pull out the Hoffman. If I want to get more funky and more intricate, yeah, I'll usually pull out the Fender. Or I've got another uh, uh, Jack Cassidy bass that I use that's real fat and big bottom. Um, that's a fun bass. to record. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. as well same with guitars um i mean i've got a a bunch of guitars i mean that's what i've done all my life so you know i've got a a nice array to choose from but i kind of stick to you know my sg my gibson sg and my my epiphone casino and i've got a dr mojo telecaster and a couple others and that's all i really use because i know i'm going to get the the sound i've got uh, another uh Gibson 335 uh-huh. that I used a lot in uh, like a Castle of the Sky that's only 335.
3: Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm.
1: half a dozen guitars I really narrow it down to because I know I'm going to get what I want out of those guitars. So that's all you really need.
2: Mm-hmm, exactly, a few yeah. Well, you've been talking to us about your arsenal with the basses and the guitars and, and a little bit about the synth, uh, the programs and the effects that you're using. So while we're on the subject, go ahead and talk to us a little bit about your studio. You're the architect of everything of this project, and uh, but we hear the you know the the strings, the the piano, the roads. You know what modules or keyboards are you using? Are you using vintage things or describe your system, your your mics uh, just to give uh, the sure. technical side, please.
1: Sure. Um, I, have been using Cubase for about, oh gosh, uh, 10, 10, 15 years. I mean, I've kind of, I'm up to version 8.5 now and I think they're up to nine, but, 8.5 uh, is fine for me right now. Um, and I, I use Cubase and I pretty much have a, like a, a studio that, uh, it's more of a writing studio than it is a tracking studio. Uhhuh.
3: um,
1: I mean, I I wouldn't, I'm not capable of bringing the whole band in here and doing tracking dates. I mean, you really have to have, like, a super uh, intense in-and-out board to get you in-and-out of the computer, But which is fine with me because I I record, and if I want to have somebody come over, we can, they're usually via overdubs. Yeah. but I record with an Apollo Twin Universal Audio. That's how I get in and out of the computer. Okay, um, and that allows me to do vocals and and guitar parts and bass parts. Mm-hmm. And I use mainly uh, for vocals. I use a um, an Audio Technica uh, forty forty seven. Okay, uh, which has been is, a, is that a, a tube? And, um, our drummer recommended for vocals. And It's really, really turned out to be a great mic.
0: That's that's a tube mic, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay, that's what uh, I thought
1: really sounds great. And then I've got a, a couple roads that I use. They're a company called R-O-D-E Road, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I use an NT2, I think it is,
3: uh-huh. And
1: an NTB or something. I use those two as alternate mics. Right. Um, and then, you know, whatever mics, sure mics to mic, guitar amps. And, yep. Um, Keyboard-wise, um, most of my keyboards are internal. Yeah. Um, um, I've got a what is it? Uh, Native Instruments has some great piano modules. Uh, they've got a grand piano and like three or four different variations on grand pianos and, and upright pianos. And uh, they've got another one called the Giant, which is a, an upright piano, which is very Beatles sounding. You know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. the Beatles used upright a lot on the, a lot of their sure, stuff. That's true. I like yeah. that sound. Yeah, on some things. And, um, and then like the Rhodes that you were hearing, that's that's a in um, I think that's also Native Instruments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get a lot of my uh, keyboards from Native Instruments, okay. mostly. Um, Waves. I like. Uh, I can use the Warlitzer piano.
3: Uh-huh. It
1: is made by Waves. It's a really good vintage Warlitzer sound. I'm a big fan of,
0: of Waves, just in general.
1: They really are. They're really really great stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan too. Um, their their software came in really in handy for. Not only instruments, but mixing. You know, Mm -hmm. they have great compressors and uh, EQs, the whole nine yards. Absolutely. Um,
3: uh,
1: Yeah, and most, like I said, most of the keyboards and texturings, all in the box. It's all internal. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, What's the other company I use? I can't remember right now. I know I'll remember as soon as I get up. (laughs) (laughs) uh, um, And and then I, I actually, you know, mixed the record myself and mastered it, which that was kind of a first for me.
2: Uh-huh. Um, interesting. Uh interesting.
1: I yeah, I mastered with uh, Wave lab, which is another uh program by Steinberg which Yeah. You know, I've, when I've gone into mastering, I watch these guys sometimes and nothing to slight them because they're brilliant at what they do. Mm-hmm. But I kind of watched them and you and noticed the software they were using and I'm like, "No, I've got that software." I I like messing with that stuff. So I <laughs> I tried mastering myself and uh yeah. I really actually enjoyed it and uh between that and uh, Isotope, I think is the company. Yeah, they've got some great. They do mastering uh, plugins that I brought into WaveLab and and mastered it myself, and I'm pleased with the way it came out. Um,
0: I like their uh, their RX product. The, I use it for forensics and you know forensic audio and like using it for noise oh, reduction wow. and things like that.
1: Absolutely, I really used good. that one on on some noisy tracks I had to get some clicks out and stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. that's a that's a great. Uh, great little
3: bundle
2: there mm-hmm. for sure. Absolutely. Well, it uh it all came together very nicely. Um Bernie the last track uh on the album is 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 just nothing um nothing more than elegant and beautiful. It's called Real World. And um Thanks. you know, after taking us through the whole journey of this album, you still end with a level of uh it's um questionable and uncertainty when you sing, and, uh, and I do want to read just a couple lines uh, because it, it's a very appropriate um, lyrical sequence as you end the, the last uh, track, and it's, it goes like this. Seems the more I learn, the less I know how to make sense of a world on the go. It's an uphill climb. Is the real world still out there? Don't know what I'll find at the end of the line. So something surely for us to to all consider you know that uh the more that we learn sometimes we don't know as much and uh uh we just one thing we do know is we want to thank you for this wonderful album bernie this is a a neat treasure and and uh it means a lot to us thanks yeah well
1: thank you it, it, coming from you guys it really means a
2: lot to me it really does yeah well the uh, the album uh
0: makes some sense of this uh drops tomorrow april um Eighteenth in yeah. Bernie, tell us where where can uh, listeners find it? Is it going to be a, a lot of the usual? Outlet? Can they get it digitally, or is, are there going to be hard copies available?
1: Yes, there will be hard copies available. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, the center of the, of it all will be my website berniesherdellie dot com. Sure, but uh, I'll, you know, I don't direct people there where they can they can get uh, the hard copy or digital. But it, it'll yeah, it'll be all in the normal distribution, iTunes. Um, yeah. Not as much as I hate to say it's Spotify, but it'll be there as well <laughs> you know well, you know, you just don't make much money in those places, but right you know it's better than making no money, i guess <laughs> but um uh yeah, it'll be in all those places it's actually uh it'll be distributed actually uh on youtube as well okay um c d baby has got a whole thing now where they're kind of making YouTube into radio um right which is nice. So, you know, there, there's a lot of ways to get your stuff heard, you know. Um, I'm grateful to be in that era for for the Internet. It's just sure. really great to um, be able to be seen and heard.
0: I don't know if you uh, realize, or I don't know if you know about Inside Music Cast Radio. We have a radio station uh, that kind of runs. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay, well, well, if you don't mind, we'll definitely uh, we'll, we'll run a few tracks that, you know, you select. We can place those on there as well.
1: I'd be honored. Thank yeah. you.
0: Very cool. Well, uh, we'll get the word out too, and and to and definitely visit bernieshervalli dot com for for uh, more info on this album. And Bernie, thanks so much again for joining us. And thank um,
2: you so much. Yeah, let's
0: not wait seven more years to have you back.
1: <laughs> yeah, boy, I'll be in a in a wheelchair by then. <laughs> uh, no,
3: You
1: know, you guys, I, 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 the pleasure is all mine, and I can't thank you enough. I really, really, really appreciate you uh, supporting supporting me and and all the other musicians out there. that are, have something important to say I think and we all appreciate you we really do
0: well thanks so much and we'll we'll definitely keep in touch with you though and and make sure that uh, you know our listeners know what's going on in your world
1: thanks you guys all All right right. take care care. bye-bye bye-bye
0: Special thanks to Bernie Schiavelli for joining us on this episode of Inside Musicast. We'd also like to thank our worldwide network of correspondents. Brian Pearson, Kim Riley, Scott Gross, Mikhail Engstrom, Loretta Sassaman, Don Brightup, Scott Sheriff, Arnaud Legere, and Yinka Oyalese. For the best in West Coast AOR, pop, jazz, and funk, tune in to Inside Musicast Radio on our website or download the free streaming app for iOS and Android devices. Inside Musicast is powered by Earshot Audio Post and Cabello Associates. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thanks for listening to Inside Musicast.